This is a reading from The Great Awakening versus The Great Reset. I'm not going to tell you who wrote it because then you wouldn't listen. But I'll tell you at the end. The Great Awakening. A scream in the night. We are nearing a thesis that represents the direct opposite of The Great Reset, the thesis of The Great Awakening. Unencumbered by serious ideological and philosophical baggage, anti-globalists have been able to grasp the essence of the most important processes unfolding in the modern world. Globalism, liberalism, and the Great Reset as expressions of the, of the liberal elites and their determination to see their plans through to the end by any means, including outright dictatorship, large-scale repression, and campaigns of total disinformation have encountered growing and increasing conscious resistance. The Great Awakening is not about elites and intellectuals, but about the people, about the masses, about people as such. And the Awakening in question is not about ideological analysis. It's a spontaneous reaction of the masses, hardly competent in philosophy, who have suddenly realized, like cattle before the slaughterhouse, that their fate has already been decided by their rulers and that there's no more room for people in the future. The Great Awakening is spontaneous, largely unconscious, intuitive and blind. It's by no means an outlet for awareness, for conclusion, for deep historical analysis. As we've seen in the Capitol footage, the Trumpist activists and QAnon participants look like characters from comic books or Marvel superheroes. Conspiracy is an infantile disease of anti-globalism. But on the other hand, it's the beginning of a fundamental historic process. This is how the pole of opposition to the very course of history in the liberal sense is emerging. This is why the thesis of the Great Awakening should not be hastily loaded with ideological details, whether fundamental conservatism, including religious conservatism, or traditionalism, or the Marxist critique of capital, or anarchist protesting for protesting's sake. The Great Awakening is something more organic, more spontaneous, and at the same time, tectonic. This is how humanity is suddenly being illuminated by the consciousness of the nearness of its imminent end. And that's why the Great Awakening is so serious. That's why it's coming from within the United States, that civilization where the twilight of liberalism is thickest. It's a cry from the center of hell, from that zone where the black future has already partly arrived. The Great Awakening is the spontaneous response of the human masses to the Great Reset. Of course, one can be skeptical. The liberal elites, especially today, control all major civilizational processes. They control the world's finances and can do anything with them, from unlimited issuing to any manipulation of financial instruments and structures. In their hands is the entire U.S. military machine and the management of NATO allies. Biden promises to reinforce Washington's influence in this structure, which has almost disintegrated in recent years. Although all of the giants of high tech are subordinate to the liberals, 
computers, iPhones, servers, phones, and social networks are strictly controlled by a few monopolies, members of the globalist club. This means that big data, that is, the entire body of information about virtually the entire population of the Earth, has an owner and a master. Technology, science, centers, global education, culture, media, medicine, social services are completely in their hands. The liberals in government and power circles are the organic components of these planetary networks, which all have the same headquarters, the intelligence services of Western countries and their agents in other regimes work for the globalists, whether recruited or bribed or forced to cooperate or as volunteers. One wonders, how in this situation can the supporters of the Great Awakening revolt against globalism? How, without having any resources, can we effectively confront the global elite? What weapons to use? What strategy to follow? And furthermore, on which ideology to rely? Because liberals and globalists around the world are united and have a common idea, a common goal, a common line, while their opponents are disparate, not only in different societies, but also within one and the same. Of course, these contradictions in the ranks of the opposition are further exacerbated by the ruling elites, who are used to dividing in order to dominate. Muslims are pitted against Christians and leftists against rightists, Europeans against Russians or Chinese, etc. But the Great Awakening is happening not because of ideologies, but in spite of them. Humanity itself, man as eidos, man as a species, man as a collective identity, and in all its forms at once, organic and artificial, historical, innovative, Eastern and Western, is rebelling against the liberals. The Great Awakening is just the beginning. It has not even begun yet. But the fact that it has a name and that this name has appeared in the very epicenter of ideological and historical transformations in the United States, against the background of Trump's dramatic defeat, the desperate takeover of the capital, the rising wave of liberal repression, as the globalists no longer hide the totalitarian nature of both their theory and their practice, this is of great, maybe crucial, importance. The Great Awakening against the Great Reset is humanity's revolt against the ruling liberal elites. Moreover, it's the rebellion of man against his age-old enemy, the enemy of human race itself. If there are those who proclaim the Great Awakening as naive as their formulas may seem, this already means that not all is lost that a kernel of resistance is maturing in the masses, that they're beginning to mobilize. From this moment on begins the history of a worldwide revolt, a revolt against the Great Reset and its followers. The Great Awakening is a flash of consciousness at the threshold of the singularity. It is the last opportunity to make an alternative decision about the content and direction of our future. The complete replacement of human beings with new entities, new divinities, cannot simply be imposed by force from above. The elites must seduce humanity, obtain from it, albeit vaguely, some consent. The Great Awakening calls for a decisive no. This is not yet the end of the war, not even the war itself. Moreover, it has not yet begun, but 
It is the possibility of such a beginning, a new beginning of the history of man. Of course, the Great Awakening is completely unprepared. As we've seen in the United States itself, the opponents of liberalism, both Trump and the Trumpists, are ready to reject the last stage of liberal democracy, but they do not even think of a full-fledged critique of capitalism. They defend yesterday and today against a looming, ominous tomorrow, but they lack a full-fledged ideological horizon. They're trying to save the previous stage of the very same liberal democracy, the very same capitalism from its late and more advanced stages. And this in itself contains a contradiction. The contemporary left also has limits in its critique of capitalism, both because it shares a materialist understanding of history. Marx agreed on the need for world capitalism, which he hoped would then be overcome by the world proletariat and because the socialist and communist movements have recently been taken over by liberals and reoriented from waging class war against capitalism to protecting migrants, sexual minorities, and fighting imaginary fascists, the right, on the other hand, is confined to its nation states and cultures, not seeing that the peoples of other civilizations are in the same desperate situation. The bourgeois nations that emerged at the dawn of the modern age, represent a vestige of bourgeois civilization. This civilization today is destroying and abolishing what it itself created just yesterday. In the meanwhile, using all the limitations of national identity to keep humanity in a fragmented and conflicted state from confronting the globalists. Therefore, there is the Great Awakening, but it does not yet have an ideological basis if it is truly historical and not an ephemeral and purely peripheral phenomenon, then it simply needs a foundation, one that goes beyond the existing political ideologies that are emerged in modern times in the West itself. Turning to any of them would automatically mean that we find ourselves in the ideological captivity of the formation of capital. So, in seeking a platform for the Great Awakening that has erupted in the United States, we must look beyond American society and the rather short American history and look to other civilizations, above all, to the non-liberal ideologies of Europe for inspiration. But even this is not enough because along with the deconstruction of liberalism, we must find support in the different civilizations of humanity, which are far from exhausted by the West where the main threat comes from and where in Davos, in Switzerland, the Great Reset was proclaimed. The Internationale of Nations versus the Internationale of the Elites. The Great Reset wants to make the world unipolar again in order to move toward a globalist non-polarity where the elites will become fully international and their residents will be dispersed throughout the entire space of the planet. This is why globalism brings about the end of the U.S. as a country, a state, a society. This is what the Trumpists and supporters of the Great Awakening sense, sometimes intuitively. Biden is a sentence imposed on the United States and through the U.S. on everyone else. Accordingly, for the salvation of people, peoples, societies, the Great Awakening must begin with multipolarity. There's not just the salvation of the West itself, 
not even the salvation of everyone else from the West, but salvation of humanity, both Western and non-Western, from the totalitarian dictatorship of the liberal capitalist elites. And this cannot be done by the people of the West or the people of the East alone. Here it is necessary to act together. The Great Awakening necessitates an internationalization of the people's struggle against the internationalization of the elites. Multipolarity becomes the most important reference point and the key to the strategy of the Great Awakening. Only by appealing to all nations, cultures, and civilizations of humanity are we able to gather enough force to effectively oppose the Great Reset and the orientation toward the singularity. But in this case, the whole picture of the inevitable final confrontation turns out to be f far less desperate. If we take a look at all that could become the poles of the Great Awakening, the situation presents itself in a somewhat different light. The international of peoples, once we begin to think in these categories, turns out to be neither a utopia nor an abstraction. Moreover, we can easily see enormous potential already and how such can be harnessed in the struggle against the Great Reset. Let us briefly list the reserves on which the Great Awakening can count on a global scale. From now forward, there is a powerful anti-globalist underground in the U.S. Large in number, half the population, embittered and driven to despise liberal totalitarianism, the dystopia of Orwell's 1984 was not embodied in a communist or a fascist regime, but is now in a liberal one. But the experience of both Soviet communism and even Nazi Germany show that resistance is always possible. Today, the U.S. is essentially in a state of civil war. The liberal Bolsheviks have seized power and their opponents have been thrown into opposition and are on the verge of going illegal. An opposition of 70 million people is serious. Of course, they're scattered and may be in disarray. So don't write off the American people. Clearly, they still have some margin of strength. Half the U.S. population is ready to defend their individual freedom at any cost. And today, the question is exactly this, Biden or freedom? Of course, liberals will try to abolish the Second Amendment and disarm the population, which is becoming less and less loyal to the globalist elite. It is likely that the Democrats will try to kill the two-party system itself by introducing an essentially one-party regime, quite in the spirit of the current state of their ideology. This is liberal Bolshevism. But civil wars never have foregone conclusions. History is open, and victory for either side is always possible, especially if humanity realizes how important the American opposition is to the universal victory over globalism. European populism overcoming right and left. The wave of anti-liberal populism is not subsiding in Europe either, although the globalist Macron has managed to contain the violent protests of the yellow vests and the Italian and German liberals have isolated and blocked right-wing parties and their leaders from coming to power. These processes are unstoppable. Populism expresses the same great awakening, whether on European or American soil. For this pole of resistance, a new ideological reflection is extremely important European societies are much more ideologically active. 
than Americans. And thus the traditions of right-wing and left-wing politics and their inherent contradictions are much more keenly felt there. It is precisely these contradictions that the liberal elites are taking advantage of in order to maintain their position in the European Union. The fact is that hatred for liberals in Europe is growing simultaneously from two sides, from the left and from the right. The left sees them as representative of big capital, exploiters who have lost all decency, and the right sees them as provocateurs of artificial mass migrations, destroyers of the last vestiges of traditional values, destroyers of European culture itself, the gravediggers of the middle class. And at the same time, for the most part, both right-wing and left-wing populists have put aside traditional ideologies that no longer meet historic needs and express their views in new forms, sometimes contradictory and fragmentary. The rejection of the ideologies of orthodox communism and nationalism is generally positive. It gives the populists a new, much broader base, and it's also their weakness. However, the most fatal thing about European populism is not so much its de-ideologization as the persistence of the deep mutual rejection between left and right that has persisted since previous historical eras. The emergence of a European pole of the Great Awakening must involve the resolution of these two ideological tasks, the final overcoming of the boundary between left and right, that is, the obligatory rejection of contrived anti-fascism by some and of contrived anti-communism by the others, and the elevation of populism as such, integral populism, into an independent ideological model. Its meaning and its message should be a radical critique of liberalism and its highest stage, globalism, at the same time combining the demand for social justice and the preservation of traditional cultural identities. In this case, European populism will first and foremost acquire a critical mass that is fatally lacking as left and right-wing populists waste time and effort on settling scores with each other. And secondly, it will become a most important pole of the Great Awakening. China and its collective identity the opponents of the Great Reset have another significant argument, contemporary China. Yes, China has taken advantage of the opportunities offered by globalization to strengthen the economy of its society, but China has not accepted the very spirit of globalism, the liberalism, individualism, and nominalism of globalist ideology. China has taken from the West only what has made it stronger, but rejected what would make it weaker. This is a dangerous game, but so far China has successfully coped with this. In fact, China is a traditional society with thousands of years of history and a stable identity, and it clearly intends to remain such in the future. This is particularly clear in the policies of China's current leader, Xi Jinping. He is ready to make tactical compromises with the West, but he's strict about ensuring that China's sovereignty and independence only grow and strengthen. That the globalists and Biden would act in solidarity with China is a myth. Yes, Trump relied on it and Bannon and said so, but 
This is the result of a narrow geopolitical horizon and a profound misunderstanding of the essence of Chinese civilization. China will follow its line and strengthen multipolar structures. In fact, China is the most important pole of the Great Awakening, a point which will become clear if we take as a starting point the need for an internationalization of peoples. China is a people with a distinct collective identity. Chinese individualism does not exist at all, and if it does, it's a cultural anomaly. Chinese civilization is the triumph of clan, folk, order, structure over all individuality. Of course, the Great Awakening must not become Chinese. It should not be uniform at all, for every nation, every culture, every civilization has its own spirit and its own eidos. Humanity is diverse, and its unity can be felt more keenly only when it is confronted with a serious threat that looms over them all. And this is precisely what the Great Reset is about. Islam against globalization. Another argument of the Great Awakening lies with the peoples of Islamic civilization, that liberal globalism and Western hegemony are radically rejected by Islamic culture, and the very Islamic religion on which that culture is based is obvious. Of course, during the colonial period and under the power and economic influence of the West, some Islamic states found themselves in the orbit of capitalism, but in virtually all Islamic countries, there's a sustained and profound rejection of liberalism, and especially of modern globalist liberalism. This manifests itself both in extreme forms, Islamic fundamentalism, and in moderate ones. In some cases, the individual religious or political movements become carriers of the anti-liberal initiative, while in other cases, the state itself takes on this mission. In any case, Islamic societies are ideologically prepared for systemic and active opposition to liberal globalization. The Great Reset's projects do not contain anything, even theoretically, that might appeal to Muslims. And that's why the entire Islamic world as a whole represents one huge pole of the Great Awakening. Among the Islamic countries, Shia Israel and Sunni Turkey are the most in opposition to globalist strategies. Moreover, if Iran's main motivation is the religious idea of the approaching end of the world and the last battle where the main enemy, Dajjal, is clearly recognized as the West, liberalism and globalism, then Turkey is driven more by pragmatic considerations, by the desire to strengthen and preserve its national sovereignty and ensure Turkish influence in the Middle East and the Eastern Mediterranean. Erdogan's policy of gradually moving away from NATO combines the national tradition of Kemal Ataturk with a desire to play the role of the leader of Sunni Muslims, but both are achievable only in opposition to liberal globalization, which envisions the complete secularization of societies the weakening and, in the end, the abolition of nation-states, and, in the interim, grants political autonomy to minority ethnic groups, a move which would be devastating for Turkey due to the large and quite active Kurdish factor. Sunni Pakistan, which represents another form of combining national and Islamic politics, 
is gradually drifting further and further away from the United States and the West. Although the Gulf countries are more dependent on the West, a closer look at Arabian Islam, and even more so Egypt, which is another important and independent state in the Islamic world, reveals social systems that have nothing to do with globalist agendas and are naturally predisposed to side with the Great Awakening. This is hindered only by the contradictions between Muslims themselves, skillfully aggravated by the West and globalist control centers, not only between Shia and Sunni, but also regional conflicts between individual Sunni states themselves. The context of the Great Awakening could become an ideological platform for the unification of the Islamic world as a whole, as well since opposition to the Great Reset is an unconditional imperative for almost every Islamic country. This is what makes it possible to take the globalist strategy and opposition to it as the common denominator. Awareness of the scale of the Great Awakening would allow, within certain limits, to cancel out the acuteness of local contradictions so as to contribute to the formation of another pole of global resistance. Russia's mission to be at the forefront of the Great Awakening. Finally, the most important pole of the Great Awakening is intended to be Russia. Despite the fact that Russia has been partly involved in Western civilization through the Enlightenment culture during the Tsarist period under the Bolsheviks and especially after 1991 at every stage in antiquity as well as in the present, the deep identity of Russian society is distrustful of the West, especially of liberalism and globalization. Nominalism is deeply alien to the Russian people at its very foundations. Russian identity has always prioritized the common, the clan, folk, church, tradition, nation, and power. Even communism represented, albeit artificial in class terms, a collective identity opposed to bourgeois individualism. Russians stubbornly rejected and continue to reject nominalism in all its forms, and this is a common platform for both the monarchist and the Soviet periods. After the failed attempt to integrate into global community in the 1990s, thanks to the failure of liberal reforms, Russian society became even more convinced of the extent to which globalism and individualistic attitudes and principles are alien to Russia. This is what determines the general support for Putin's conservative and sovereign course. Russians reject the Great Reset both from the right and from the left, and this, together with historical traditions, collective identity, and the perception of sovereignty and state freedom as the highest value, this is not a momentary but a long-term fundamental feature of Russian civilization. The rejection of liberalism and globalization has become particularly acute in recent years as liberalism itself has revealed its deeply repulsive features to Russian consciences. This justified a certain sympathy among Russians for Trump and a parallel deep disgust for his liberal opponents. On Biden's side, the attitude to Russia is quite symmetrical. He and the globalist elites in general view Russia as the main civilizational opponent, stubbornly refusing to accept the vector of liberal progressivism and fiercely defending its political sovereignty and its identity. 
Of course, even today's Russia does not have a complete and coherent ideology that could pose a serious challenge to the Great Reset. In addition, the liberal elites entrenched at the top of society are still strong and influential in Russia, and liberal ideas, theories, and methods still dominate the economy, education, culture, and science. All of this weakens Russia's potential, disorients society, and sets the stage for growing internal contradictions. But on the whole, Russia is the most important, if not the main, pole of the Great Awakening. This is exactly what all of Russian history has led up to, expressing an inner conviction that Russians are facing something great and decisive in the dramatic situation of the end times, the end of history. But it is precisely this end, in its worst version, that the Great Reset Project implies. The victory of globalism, nominalism, and the coming of the singularity would mean the failure of the Russian historical mission, not only in the future, but also in the past. And after all, the meaning of Russian history has been directed precisely toward the future, and the past was only preparation for it. In this future, which is now approaching, the role of Russia is not only to take an active part in the Great Reawakening, but also to stand at the forefront of it, proclaiming the imperative of the international of peoples to fight against liberalism, the plague of the 21st century. Russia Awakening, an Imperial Renaissance What does it mean for Russia in such circumstances to awaken? Well, it means fully restoring Russia's historical, geopolitical, and civilizational scale, becoming a pole of the new multipolar world. Russia has never been just a country, much less just one among other European countries. For all the unity of our roots with Europe, which go back to Greco-Roman culture, Russia, at all its stages of its history, has followed its own particular path. This also has had an impact on our firm and unwavering choice of orthodoxy and Byzantinism in general, which largely determined our estrangement from Western Europe, which chose Catholicism and later Protestantism. In the modern age, this same factor of profound distrust of the West was reflected in the fact that we were not so affected by the very spirit of modernism and nominalism, individualism and liberalism. And even when we borrowed some doctrines and ideologies from the West, they were often critical, i.e. they contained in themselves the rejection of the main liberal capitalistic way of development of Western European civilization, which was so close to us. Russia's identity was also greatly influenced by the Eastern Turanian vector, as the Eurasianist philosophies, including the great Russian historian Lev Gumilev, have shown the Mongol statehood of Genghis Khan was an important lesson for Russia. In centralized organization of the imperial type, which largely predetermined our rise as a great power in the 15th century, when the Golden Horde collapsed and the Muscovite Russia took its place in the space of northeastern Eurasia. This continuity with the geopolitics of the Horde naturally led to the powerful expansion of the subsequent eras. At every turn, Russia has defended and asserted not only its interests, but also its values, 
Thus, Russia has turned out to be the heir to two empires that collapsed at approximately the same time in the 15th century, the Byzantine and the Mongol empires. Empire became our fate. Even in the 20th century, with all the radicalism of the Bolshevik reforms, Russia remained an empire against all odds, this time in the guise of the Soviet empire. This means that our revival is inconceivable without returning to the imperial mission laid down in historical destiny. This mission is diametrically opposed to the globalist project of the Great Reset, and it would be natural to expect that in their decisive rush, the globalists will do everything in their power to prevent an imperial renaissance in Russia. Accordingly, we need exactly that, an imperial renaissance, not to impose our Russian and orthodox truths on other people, cultures, and civilizations, but to revive, fortify, and defend our identity and to help others in their own renaissance to fortify and defend their own as much as we can. Russia is not the only target of the Great Reset, although in many ways our country is the main obstacle to the execution of their plans. But this is our mission, to be the catacon, the one who withholds, preventing the arrival of the last evil in the world. However, in the eyes of the globalists, other traditional civilizations, cultures, and societies are also to be subject to dismantling, reformatting, and transformation into an undifferentiated global cosmopolitan mass, and in the near future to be replaced by new post-human forms of life, organisms, mechanisms, or other hybrids. Therefore, the imperial awakening of Russia is called upon to be a signal for a universal uprising of peoples and cultures against the liberal globalist elites. Through rebirth as an empire, as an orthodox empire, Russia will set an example for other empires, the Chinese, Turkish, Persian, Arab, Indian, as well as the Latin American empires. Instead of the dominance of one single globalist empire of the Great Reset, the Russian awakening should be the beginning of an era of many empires, reflecting and embodying the richness of human cultures, traditions, religions, and value systems. Towards the victory of the Great Awakening. If we add together U.S. Trumpism, European populism, both right and left, China, the Islamic world, and Russia, and foresee that at some point the great Indian civilization, Latin America, and Africa, which is entering another round of decolonialization, and all the peoples and cultures of humanity in general may also join this camp. We have not mere scattered and confused marginals trying to object to the powerful liberal elites leading humanity to the final slaughter but a full-fledged front, including actors of various scales, from great powers with planetary economies and nuclear weapons, to influential and numerous political, religious, social forces and movements. The power of the globalists, after all, is based on institutions and black miracles. They rule not on the basis of real power, but on illusions, simulacra, artificial images, which they 
maniacally tried to instill in the minds of mankind. After all, the Great Reset was proclaimed by a handful of degenerate and panting old globalist men, on the verge of dementia like Biden himself, the shriveled villain Soros or the fat burger Schwab, and a marginal perverted rabble selected to illustrate the lightning-quick career opportunities for all non-entities. Of course, they have the stock exchanges and the printing presses, the Wall Street crooks, the Silicon Valley inventor junkies working for them, disciplined intelligence operatives, and obedient army generals are all subordinate to them. But this is negligible compared to all of humanity, to the people of labor and thought, to the depths of religious institutions and the fundamental richness of cultures. The Great Awakening means that we have figured out the essence of that fatal, both murderous and suicidal strategy of progress, as the globalist liberal elites understand it. And if we understand it, then we are capable of explaining it to others. The awakened can and must awaken everyone else. And if we succeed in this, not only will the Great Reset fail, but a just judgment will be passed upon those who have made it their goal to destroy humanity, first in spirit and now in body. This concludes my reading from The Great Awakening versus The Great Reset by Alexander Dugan.